Hello and welcome to Teaching Sports, where we educate you on all Wisconsin sports, including D.C. Everest High School. Well, because we're teachers. The guys, Matt Bullis, Mike Matthews, Mike Sale, and C.J. Hansen, hey, that's me, will teach you all you need to know about the only teams that matter. Okay, jumping right into DC Everest Sports. Let's start with DC Everest football. Uh, football got a big 30 to 15 win over Hortonville, which allowed them to be playoff eligible, get in the playoffs. Um, I was actually at the game, and um, first quarter was pretty uh, pretty ugly. Um, we had an interception right away on the first play of the game. Um, Hortonville, we held them to a field goal. Their kicker, legit, uh, hit a 46-yarder. They're lining up, and I turn into you know who my son, who I was sitting by, and I was like, Wesley, that's a that's a long field goal. They must have a really good kicker if they're lining up for this. And sure enough, he hit it. Uh, we watched him actually at halftime, you know, warming up. Uh, then before the second half, and he was smoking them from you know 50, 46, you know. Uh, heard that he's going to play uh, college ball in North Dakota. Uh, so North Dakota State, I believe, which is great. Um, but once we kind of sh- uh, shrugged off the, the rust and the slow start there, um, Everest kind of put together some nice things. Um, played good offense, good defense, and really it was a late score by Hortonville. Otherwise, um, really, we had helped them to just field goals. So... Um, really good game by the boys, I thought. Um, I would say that uh, I really was really, really impressed with the toughness of Bosfolk. Uh, he got his first game action since uh, being injured. You could tell he wasn't 100%. He was limping around a little bit out there. But there was a couple times he made something out of nothing. He got hit a couple times hard, and you were like, ooh. And he popped up, and he'd limp a little bit. But then he's just playing what a gamer uh one particular play that stood out to me the most is he was in the backfield for a pass it was third and long and uh you know waiting 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 nobody's open under pressure it looked like Michael Vick I kid you not he looted like three different defenders uh shook off the first who tried to sack him ran by two more, like spinned out of something, and then kept his eyes downfield. And as he's about to get smoke, guns a perfect pass over the middle to Stralo for it would have been about a 25-yard gain and a first down, and Stralo dropped it, unfortunately. Um, and Bo just took a shot after he, he threw it, but popped up, you know, a little limpy, but like fine, and played. Just I just admired the toughness of Bo and and that's a senior and someone who wants to be out there with his guys uh who wants to be playing football right now uh and you know the playoffs are coming um so thoughts from you guys I know you guys uh maybe weren't at the game but what you heard what you saw um thoughts from from any of you guys um I listened to some of it on the radio um and uh you know they got off to a real rough start like you alluded to CJ and from what I, you know, heard from from Chris, Chris Conley, and then um, you know, just other things, it just looked like, sounded like Everest was just the better team. And even though they got off to a really tough start, it was just one of those, you know, you hate to 
as a coach say it, but it was just a matter of time almost. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Hortonville, you know, showcasing their D1 kicker. I mean, keep rolling him out and putting three on the board, great. But, um, you know, it might have been a little different story if they could have punched a couple of those in uh, for six instead of kicking field goals. But, um, you know, I think Everest just imposed their will on them and, and um, you know, ultimately the better team won. Um, great to great to see you know end end the season at home there with a win uh, for the seniors and um, and then uh, move on to the playoffs. Yeah, I I didn't watch see this game at all. I did. Our officiating crew had Hortonville earlier this year, um, and I quite honestly I thought Everest would win this game. Hortonville has a really good quarterback. He is a really good quarterback. Big, yeah, really nice size kid. Um, does, just doesn't have a lot around him, um, and a really good kicker who, um, the night we had them in Appleton West, um, I remember before the coin flip, their coach telling their captains, um, we want to receive because their kicker was still at the soccer game. So um, <laughs> they, they were hoping that if Appleton West won the toss, they were going to defer and then they would receive, and if Hortonville won the toss, they were going to receive anyway because they were waiting for the, their kicker wasn't going to be to the game on time because he was playing soccer. Um, but um, so yeah, I, I had seen them play earlier in the year, and I just thought that we were going to overmatch them. Just um, even being a little shorthanded with our injuries, I just thought, you know, we're a better team. And again, the slow start certainly didn't help, but. As we've talked about already this year, it seems like that's kind of a trend um, that once the playoffs start, certainly we're not going to be able to um, do because we are more than likely going to be on the road. And Bobinski threw the pick right off the bat and then actually to start the second half, fumbled uh, on that first possession. So it's just a rough start. He had a really nice run actually and then it got hit and the ball came out. But... Uh, so just unfortunate things there. Uh, the kid's name is Drew Klein, uh, the kicker from Hortonville. He's a five, rated a five-star kicker and the number 34 kicker in the nation. Wow. Uh, that's pretty impressive out of little Hortonville, Wisconsin there. Uh, and he is currently committed to NDSU to play um, for the Bison. So that's a pretty, pretty cool uh, little thing there. One other thing I want to mention about the game, Triton Schmidt uh, has been having a really nice season for uh, Everest football and he had been a soccer player up until this year so as a senior he chose to go out for football instead and what a decision because he's been a great kickoff return in fact uh, at the game he had two or three uh, two for sure that I remember seeing that he almost broke all the way Uh, the last one he got about to midfield the first one he I think got to about the 40 um, but was just real close to, to breaking it even bigger. He's had returns this year all the way for touchdowns. He's also a great corner with great size and speed. Uh, I think that's someone that, if he wanted to, could probably play some, some type of college football next year. And he's only played for a year, so he's just scratching his surface, in my opinion. He's a really great athlete, hardworking kid, natural talent, um, and I like what he brings to the table. Um, I'd like to see what he could do playing corner I mean even if he just played division three for now I mean like he he's got the talent though so I just wanted to mention Triton out there um like noticeable impact uh, on the game and just a big pickup for Stralo in the football program as a senior 
because he's had a really nice year for them. Starter at corner, kickoff returner. Uh, well done. Well done, Triton. Great, great first name. Usually you don't see uh, kids from the soccer team join and do something besides kicking. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, that's a really cool story. I didn't know that about mm-hmm. him. So that's yep. neat. And, and, you know, talking about going into the playoffs, that's what you may need is a kickoff return or something to spark you to Special beat teams. a team that yep. might be a higher seed than you. Um, you know, and then certainly can't turn the ball over like they have. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, I don't know, I think that Everest is, they've had a really nice year. They're close. They just have lost some close games. Now they have some injuries. Um, so I think... You know, a lot of times when the playoffs start, you never think that the lower-seeded team in high school football uh, doesn't advance much. I think they've got a shot. I mean, it depends on their matchup. Who knows who they're going to uh, match up with. Um, but I think they've, they've, they've got a nice shot no matter who they uh, go up against. Well, they seem to have a pretty good defense, too. You know, and when, when you can, if you can limit another team, um, you know, you're going to stay in games. And then, like you say, you never know what's going to happen. You get a big special teams uh, return or something, and you can have momentum shifts, and good defense keeps you in games. Well, and just like in any playoffs, matchups matter. So Mm -hmm. who you draw is a big deal. So if they draw a team that likes to grind it out on the ground, I think that does not set up well for them. If they find a team that likes to go to the pass a little bit, I think that actually plays into our favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, it'll be really interesting to see who they draw in the first round uh, and what that matchup looks like for them. I mean, obviously, we know where they struggled this year. Rapids, West, you know, uh, teams that had a great running back that liked to pound the rock is where they struggled defensively. Uh, a more balanced team or a team that was maybe a little bit more pass heavy like just stacks up well we have some good pass rushers we have some good corners which means your defense is set up more against that type of offense and and uh, it'll be interesting to see if Wausau West is stays in their group um, you know the latest the latest uh, pro- projections they were back into D1 but like the second smallest D1 team um, so, I mean, I'm sure they're hoping to drop to D2 because uh, obviously it's a much, I shouldn't say much, but it's an easier road to advance a little further if you're down uh, one level than if you're up. But, um, yeah, it'd be, it'll be interesting to see. So we had D.C. Everest Volleyball uh, had a big, uh, big weekend because they played, what, um, three, three games this weekend? Um, Matthews, uh, you kind of follow the volleyball a little bit. You want to give us an update? Yeah, they had they were up in Merrill on Saturday, so they they had the NFHS uh, live stream, so you could kind of watch at it. the ground, or was it at the on the match itself? It wasn't pointed at the ground, the camera. No, it oh. was, it was <laughs> actually well, it's up on the up in the beams there in Merrill, it. so it was real high. Yeah. Quite the. Um, the bird's eye view, if you yeah, will. Yeah, totally. Uh, because we had three matches going on at the same time in the gym there. So. Sure, it wasn't the blimp. Because um, I know that blimp kind of. Yeah, it could have been. I don't know. It could have been anything. could have been uh, what those other things they have, too. Those drones, drones. or whatever. So, <laughs> um, but I think it was a pretty good weekend considering the, um, the injuries that we've had. Um, now, Lexi's playing a little bit um, with her ankle injury coming back. Had to be a little haunting coming back to Maryland, playing Oof. where, mm-hmm. where yeah. the injury occurred. But they did, uh, they eked out two victories against Merrill and Spash, and then um, dropped one to Marshfield, uh, the third one of the day for them. 
Um, so I'm sure they were a little bit exhausted. Marshfield only had two on Saturday. So that just brought Marshfield um, into a tie um, with Everest for the conference lead. And then Everest did beat East on Tuesday. Playing tonight at Rapids. Uh, if they win that, they're guaranteed at least a share. Uh, Marshfield travels up to Merrill tonight. So that's it's it's not game. really a gimme because if, if Merrill does beat Marshfield and Rapids would happen to upset Everest, then it's a three-way tie for first. So mm. Merrill's still playing for something. So it'll be interesting. Competitive conference. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I talked to Lexi a little bit today, and we talked a little bit about that injury. And I certainly don't want to speak for her or anything, but I was just, again, impressed with her being a tough girl, you know, and just really um, strong mental uh, attitude towards the injury and towards recovery and, you know, the tenacity, I think, of how much she wants to play, but also, you know, as a young athlete learning, when should I not play, even though, you know, I might be able to gut through it tonight or whatever, and I always struggle for kids like that, you know, you're in a tough situation, and yet, you know, you admire that tenacity and that toughness, and um, I would certainly wish her the best with that recovery. Yeah, it's one of those, you sometimes have to guard the kids against themselves yeah. because you know right. they want to play, especially right. in her case being a senior. And, mm -hmm. um, good for her. You don't want to miss the end of your senior year in, in any sport. Well, it's great that she could be out on the floor then a little bit, you know, and that they've cleared her to at least do some of that. I'm sure that relieves yeah. a lot for her. Yeah. yeah, Saturday she just played in the back row, mm -hmm. and then they rotated her out when she came to the front. But then Tuesday she played the whole rotation. So... Um, and look pretty good, yeah. um, you know. Honestly, they they, I thought Tuesday was the first time I went in person uh, to watch the game and um, standing next to Coach Raz um, watching the game. I really thought they really played together as a team. You know, you could hear them communicate. Um, I thought they really looked good. On you know, I know they weren't playing an overly competitive team. You know, East um, didn't really bring much um, competition. But, you know, as far as on our side of the net, I thought our kids really played well. And Raz kind of said the same thing. He's like, they really look good tonight. Um, you know, setting and communicating, and I guess that's important stuff. But, <laughs> um, not really being a volleyball guru. Uh, but they, like, pounded them the first game, you know, mm -hmm. and then, like, and I think that's that's really good to do when when you're the the overwhelming favorite. Yeah. Take that first game. Have that strong start. Them their, you know, yeah. like we're here, we're going to take care of business tonight. And then it was a three game sweep. So. Um, well, that the, was good. The whole team must be pretty mentally tough, having lost. You know, ha having had a couple of injuries like that in the middle of the season, having had such high hopes, and then really battling through those injuries while staying super competitive, winning some, you know, some big matches with people on the sidelines. I mean, it seems like you got to hand it to the whole team and to the coaching and to the staff. Coaching staff, holding, absolutely. Holding them together for all that. Yep. I mean, that's really, it's really impressive. For and, sure. And I think tonight is a test to see how mentally tough they are because you have a chance to win the conference. Yeah. On the road yeah. against a decent team, right? Like they're middle yeah. of the pack. Yeah, Rapids. Um, but it's one of those. Fifth, I think. Like so. you just said with East, you know, they came out first set, pounded them on Tuesday. Tonight, you want to do that same thing because yeah. if you go on the Hopefully road and lose that first set, now it's really tough. 
Um, so hopefully the kids uh, go down there and play well and yeah. and come home with a with a conference championship or at least a share. Yeah, best um, of luck to them. I found it interesting. That I saw the seeds came out today, and uh, they play Wassa West, yep. uh, who they just lost to in the first round uh, back here at home because Everest is the five seed, West is the twelve. Um, mm. So that's a little bit of deja vu, and I'm sure that I mean knowing the knowing athletes, they something like that happens to you where you lose, you want to, you want to shot at them again. So yeah. I'm sure the kids are looking forward to that. Hopefully, uh, you know, not until the conference season is over, but um, yeah, their, their sectional has River Falls in it, who's the one seed, and Chippewa Falls, who was the two, and, and uh, both are, River Falls is ranked fifth in the state, and Chippewa Falls uh, was receiving, receiving votes, honorable mention. So uh, that'll get going here soon, and uh, they'll be, There'll be uh, the road to the rush, as they say, will be on. There you go. Yeah, a week from tonight is the uh, first regional game. Uh, real quick with with boys soccer, then DC Everest boys soccer. I think they just wrapped up their regular season on Tuesday night against Merrill. They beat Merrill 10-0. Merrill struggles with their soccer program. Uh, they've been getting beat pretty pretty bad uh, all season by all the teams. That's kind of the punching bag for the conference. Uh, so they ended uh, their conference um, season with a 5-3-3 three, and three record, fourth place in the conference. They have to travel to West next week, who's the West is the five seed, uh, so they got to play at West. Um, they can beat West. Um, both games were ties this year mm-hmm. against West, um, and from the players, the coaches, and fans that were at both games, including some West people I know, uh, Everest outplayed West in both of those games and probably should have won from all accounts and purposes. Outshot West, had better chances on goal. So I absolutely think that Everest could beat West, but West just beat Spash, who hadn't had a loss all conference season, 3-2 in their last game. So West seems to be peaking. Everest is playing good soccer right now, too. They've played much better the last uh, two weeks here so that'll be a huge matchup anytime you play a team for the third time in conference yeah. and you guys all know as coaches flip a flip a coin because you just don't know what's going to happen and that's a little bit frustrating from a coaching perspective because when you see a team that many times you guys know each other's strengths and weaknesses the kids know each other super well most of the time especially crosstown stuff like yeah. this they all play together they all know each other so that'll be a really, really interesting game at West next week. Kind of weird. West plays Everest in volleyball, volleyball soccer, soccer, and it could be football. Mm-hmm. We never know. Mm. Um, it's, that's ironic. It doesn't happen that often. So. Well, that's one of my problems with regionals is you end up playing a lot of teams that are in your conference, and that's one of my my big problems with, like, I always was excited when we got to play someone different. Sure. I don't care about records. I just want someone different. That yeah. like excites a team. That excites a coaching staff. Let's prepare for someone different that we don't know much about. And then they don't know much about us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little bit tougher when it's like, oh, the third time we have to play these guys. And I'm not sure how it's worked in all the other sports, but I know, you know speaking of basketball in the past, they've gone away from that to see the whole sectional, except for ours. The coaches voted against it because of travel. We have the largest sectional in the state um, geographically, from, and it's only because of Superior. Um, and so the coaches voted it down. It drove me crazy every year because yeah. 
uh, like you said, I, I didn't want to play Marshfield again or Spash again. I wanted to play somebody different. Um, and so, frankly, maybe have a better opportunity to right. win in advance when you rank one through sixteen. You know, if you have a pretty good season, you play. You know, fourteen seed, you're going to win that game and, and nine then, times out of ten, maybe ninety nine times out of a hundred. I mean, and there were years where our conference was pretty strong. Exactly. And you want to showcase your teams at the sectional level while yeah. only one or two are getting through. Correct. Um, you know, and I'm sure Mike feels the same with softball um, because he always had to deal with with Steve's point, and mm-hmm. and uh, so it's kind of a it's kind of a pain when you get re- yeah. in the regionals, like you said, it's like a conference tournament, and you want to try to get more than one team through. Yeah. Would this be a, a good time to remind everybody though that the last game or last time Matthews played Steven's point in his last season, he uh, really got the best of him. So I mean, I feel like we should at least give him. That oh yeah. Out. All the listeners out there. They, they say you're only as good as your last game, right? Absolutely. So. We beat him twice. In a row. <laughs> in a row. Two-game winning streak against Bash. So. Ended on a high note. I just wanted to lift that up again for a second. You know? It's always good to revisit any time that any Everest beats Spash. I mean, that's always good. Uh, lastly, we had swimming. Uh, 3-1 conference record. They got Merrill this week. Go swimming. Woohoo! <laughs> Swim fast. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know much about swimming. Wish I did. They're good. Hey, we'll have to put that on our to-do list. It's senior night tonight or something. Yep. I heard it on the announcements. Got to put it on our to-do list, and we got to check up on cross-country next week. That's right. They're getting the close. Season, yeah, they're the getting season close. ends close on Saturday. Saturday. They're at nine miles okay, Saturday, so next Saturday must be yep. sectionals. Yep, yep. So it's good, you know. I, they got, I know a lot of kids that made a lot of progress in that cross-country team this year, so kudos to them and all the hard work that they've been putting in. All right, well, let's... Let's go to the Packers. Uh, let's go to the Packers next. Um, craziest game uh, I've I might have ever seen. I I had a I had a heart rate that was probably way too high during a, a sporting event like that's a regular season game, but it was like miss field goal, miss field goal, miss field goal, opportunity to win, miss field goal. Just I don't think I've ever witnessed anything like that before. And yet, somehow, Mason Crosby gets one more chance and makes it to win. I actually honestly thought that game was going to end in a tie um, for a large portion of that overtime. Um, So takeaways on the Packer game, uh, other than, obviously, craziness with the kicking game. Well, to me, the the big takeaway for me immediately – without getting into all the X's and O's, was just, man, what a chance to re- redeem yourself and, and way to go, to hit a 40-yarder there at the very end to win. And, like, I know that it's a problem if you miss three in a row in, you know, in the NFL. Like, I get that. Um, but kudos to him for pulling through and hitting the last one after, after going on that, that streak. I, it, yeah, I think it was five, was it five missed kicks in a row between the two of them. Mm. Um, yeah, like it's, like CJ said, certainly nothing like I've ever seen. Um, but what what mental toughness for him to go out there and do it again? And I mean, it has to help that he's a what fifteen he's eighteen a veteran. you know year veteran, the kid that that Cincinnati had, I believe, was a rookie. Uh, the poor kid was jumping in his holder's arms because he thought he made, I thought he made and, that one. I yeah. know. And, uh, <laughs> you, know, you feel bad for him. Yeah. Um, just because you know, the first thing I thought of is, you know Mason Crosby's not getting cut 
like the next week. Well, you know like, he's not that bad of a kid. Yeah, but that know? kid, I yeah, thought, right. oh, you, I mean, I don't know their situation, but many times you've heard it. Yeah. The Vikings particularly. Uh, their, their kicker <laughs> misses, the Bears. misses a couple, and next week they've got three guys in, and they just get rid of them. Double doink, um, Chicago Bears, man. So, yeah, I just kind of thought, I, I, I uh, likened it to, like, you know, John Rocker relief pitchers that could not find the strike oh, zone. Yeah. Like, they just totally lose it, and they walk, you know, ball four, ball eight, ball, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, gee, is this a mental thing? Now, I have heard that um, the wind apparently was swirling and looked like a tough, a tough environment yeah, to kick in. That. Yeah. Really well, they never brought it up on TV. No. And you notice that he it's missed it to the left every yeah. time, too. It was just Both to sides. the left, just to the left, just to the left. And, and Lafleur alluded to some some issues, and then there was one of the Packer beat writers on Twitter that had a couple still show still photos, and the right side of the Packers line was just getting blown up, and he was missing everything left. So I don't know if that had something to do with it, if it didn't. But um, they, I really thought they were gonna take an L going in anyway. I just thought three linemen out. Uh, you know they have the Bears coming up. They just want to you know they've won some big games. I thought this is gonna be the one where. Kind of like a trap, a little bit of a yeah. trap game, you and know. they just kind of, you know, have that stinker of a game. And, and that Cincinnati offense is pretty good right. too. And they've, you know, that Jamar Chase is yeah. a stud. Yeah. Um, I really, I have to say, I've been super impressed with Devondre Campbell, their inside linebacker. I know that Rogers kind of shouted out to him too a little bit after the game, and then also on the Pat McAfee show recently, um, like we got him as a street free agent. Like, Roger's like, you realize, like, we picked this dude up. Like, how was he available? Like, he's been huge for this defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that pick that he had, um, just good tackling. Um, yeah, just making plays. Um, it was actually the defense held up pretty well overall. I think one of the reasons we ended up winning that game, the defense did enough. Like, um, other than the blown kind of coverage at the end of that half, I thought they overall played really, really well in this game. Um, and then, but the the issues with the red zone offense and the red zone defense that needs to be fixed soon um, if they if they want to keep winning games here. Yeah, I I kind of was like Matt exactly thought going in. I just feel like they're not going to win this game. You know, the, the guys out. You know, and whether it's early in the year, so you're not going to play anybody that's got a little bit of an owie, you know, and rusting him up because next week's game is way bigger. It's divisional. It's a conference game. You know, all the tiebreaker crap. Yep. It's way bigger. So, you know what? Let's go into Cincinnati. Let's, you know, and if we can get out of there with a win, fine. If we don't, let's just stay healthy. Yeah. You know? For sure. So I was like, you know what? If if we lose, we lose. I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. And then I'm like, as we get to the end, I'm like, well, shit. Now we can win. <laughs> yeah. You know? Mike Let's... Mike Matthews vulgarity. <laughs> I think we missed oh, it last week, but we had yeah right there. You can see this. We need oh, to. Did I? Oh, I didn't even... <laughs> he doesn't even know. Get a bell. Yeah. So, yeah we, 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 that's a good idea, Mike. We need a bell. I'm bad. No, no, no. Um, it's part of it was, so it, it's was what like, makes us us. Now we're gonna lose when we should have won. You know, but yeah. um, I think the red zone stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't even know until they brought up the, the stat about how bad our red zone yeah. defense is. I mean, what is it, yeah. 18 straight um, trips? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, Remember like that came up and just... What? All they have to do is get in the red zone, and then they're going to get they're going to get a touchdown. Points, yeah. yeah, they're going to get they're going to get and seven. And I think our red zone offense we we don't run the ball in the red zone anymore. I saw that too. Yeah. And or just, or like, if we do, we, we just run AJ Dillon up the middle, up the middle. into or Rogers you know, runs it ten ten guys. Scramble. You know, but I'm like, let's run the ball a little yeah. bit more. Well, it's just honestly the times that they're successful is they're creative in the red zone. So like. Yes. Um, you know, like the fake yeah. handoff to Aaron Jones and like the, the quick dump off to Cobb in the flatter. Or, you know, or in motion. In motion and then they out. fake the handoff yeah. and then it's Tunyon over the middle. Like they, they've had this – when they're successful with seven, there's a lot of creativity and play calling and mm-hmm. they've really thrown the defense off. But then they, when they go like super vanilla, like, all right, we're going to just put A.J. Dillon up the middle, like get a yard. Or, you know, like I just – I feel like – Keep the creativity going, you know, like well, and especially, I mean, throw new wrinkles. You know, this is one of those things where I think you got you got to find that balance because on the one hand, of course, you want the ball in your best player's hands, right? So you want to put the ball in Rogers' hands. You want to maybe isolate Adams or whatever the case may be, right? But on the other hand, like it's a team that's got weapons, so you have to get different people the ball, and you can use those weapons as decoys, and like you said, you got to be creative, because you got a lot of ways that you can beat a team. You don't just have to go shotgun and, you know, try to isolate Adams. Yeah. Well, furthermore, if you do, you know, get a lot of other people involved, that opens up Adams even more. Exactly. In it. I mean, right? Because you have to respect, exactly. then, all these other people, exactly. right? You can't just double, triple team Adams, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, even exactly. though they were doubling him, and he still had 200 yards receiving and so was the best player in the field so close until probably last year i always thought adams in my head and i know people would yell at me for this but i always thought like he's just not a true number one and i've paid a lot more attention you know about halfway through last year and now this year and stuff watching that and like like how wrong I was, you know, like I have been super impressed with that guy and I got to just own that one because I just did not, I, like to me it was like, well, he's, I mean, he's good, but he's Aaron Rodgers good. He's not, you know, league good. And now I might, I would have to change my mind. Now I know that there's a chemistry too between the two of them. And so he, like if he were to go on to another team, his numbers probably wouldn't look quite as big right away or whatever, but he's a really Good receiver, and the thing that really put me over the edge on that this past year, and I or this past week, I don't remember the exact play, but I think the ball got on the left side. I feel, I want to say it was Jones who got in the flat with the ball or whatever. But seeing Adams turn and just lay a block and just ride his man down the field, and like I've seen him make catches, and now to watch him do that too, and it's like, hey, that's awesome. That's great. I don't know if that's a bad uh, outlook that you had, though. I mean, I think he was really good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you talked about the best wide receivers in the NFL the last couple of years, it wouldn't be immediately him. Right. No, he's in that conversation. But now I think it's like a no-brainer. Like, he's, he is the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's good. I mean, and I'm sure that we're a little biased, but, I, I mean, he's incredible. I think his chemistry with Rodgers certainly takes him over the top with yeah. that. Yeah, right. You know, I right. mean – I. Don't want to think about him on another team, but if he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers as his QB next year, will he be that good? Well, um, the the plays that stick out for me the last two weeks, or well, actually two weeks ago and then this week, 
Um, so against the Niners and then against the Bengals, we needed three to win the game with like seconds yeah. to go in the yeah. second half. And everybody knows Where what the, the freaking heck is going to happen. And he still <laughs> goes to Adams over the middle and Adams catches it and goes down and is super smart, aware of what the situation is. Rodgers throws a perfect ball. Adams makes a great play on it in the middle of the field. It's wide open. I mean, and so that was like the frustrating part is like literally you could have played the the Niners tape and then the the Bengals tape. I'm guessing it's the exact same play that they ran mm-hmm. to perfection against the Niners. They run it to perfection against the Bengals to set up the winning field goal and then Crosby misses. But like you're going that's just it's next crazy. level what they're able to do. But now isn't that part of the reason why like as a coach it's tough cuz then when you get in the red zone You've got this guy who's such a stud, you know what I mean? And so it would be easy to err on the side of... The problem with the red zone is everything's so condensed. And so you're not able to do things and manipulate things the way you are with like a big field to work with, right? And that's why it's so difficult sometimes to score in the red zone is because now you're working in a limited space, right? Um, and so that's where the creativity comes in to get different matchups or to create movement so people's eyes got to go here, there, and then... You sneak someone behind them or whatever. So that's why, in that particular sense, like be creative down there. Keep go- keep going to different looks and trying new things to to get seven. But I do agree that running the football with Jones particularly uh, opens up a lot more for that offense. But also to try to be unpredictable. I'm okay with every once in a while a play action on first down down there too. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think about coming up against the Bears here? What's the preview? What are you thinking about? What are keys? I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Chicago does with Justin Fields. I know they missed their running back, Montgomery, last week. I don't know if he's going to be back I don't think week. so. I think he's out for a couple um, of weeks. So, I mean, I think if they had him, they would they would. I think he's to... on IR. Yeah, I think oh, he is, is he? too, yeah. They'd try to pound it and keep the ball out of Rodgers' Damian hands. Williams got COVID, so... Oh. As of today, so I don't think he's depending on his vaccination and stuff. I don't know if he'll be able to play Sunday or not. I mean, it's probably what a lot of teams that I mean, I know the Bears are three and two, but I don't think they're great. They have a great defense. They good, do have a very a good, good defense. defense. They have a very good and defense. If you have a good defense, what are you going to do on offense? You're going to run the ball and try to keep Rodgers off the field. Correct. So I'm, I'm, I'm short assuming, passes, short yeah, passes. I'm assuming they're going to try to do that. And now, designed runs for fields. They, I was just going to say they're going to try to you, run the ball with Justin. Guarantee fields. you. It will happen. Um, hopefully he knows how to slide a little bit better than Joe Burrow. Or not. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm that was sure. Wicked. That, that hit, was by the way, wicked. was wicked. That's probably the game plan is to keep, keep the ground and pound and um, keep, their, uh, keep their defense on the, on the field against Rodgers um, when they have a shot and, and create some turnovers. But um, I, I don't know. I think the point spread seven-ish or somewhere in there. Uh, maybe it's not that high, but I, I think the Packers clearly are the better team. But um, anything can happen in a rivalry game at Soldier Field. Yeah, yeah. I think Packers have great leadership. You know, one of, one of the things I saw, I don't know who's who said this, but like down the stretch against Cincinnati, you know, you have, obviously Aaron Rodgers has the ball, but look who was making plays like Mercedes Lewis, yeah, Randall Cobb, yeah, Devontae. Those are four of the oldest guys on the team. Um, so I just think that they have that going for them too, where those guys. If it truly is their last dance, Matthews, um, those guys are going to uh, – they're going to make the plays every week uh, that they need. Matthews, thoughts on well, the Bears game? Yeah, I'll feel a lot more comfortable if, if our offensive line is back. Yeah. 
you know, because for the Bears sure. get after the quarterback. Um, yeah, and they did well enough to beat the Bengals, but Bengals pass rush looked pretty good against them too. I thought. Yeah. So, yeah, and against Khalil Mack. And Robert Quinn. Yeah, right. I mean, you gotta you gotta protect your quarterback against those guys. Do you think uh, Jenkins and Myers both play this week? It sounds like they're leading towards. It looks like yes. I would, I would guess. I mean, I think Jenkins was close last week. They yeah. just held him out. Um, Myers, I'm not sure. I haven't heard an update, but I would think that that wouldn't keep him out multiple weeks. And this is uh, week six, right? Mm-hmm. So this is our last, hopefully, game without David. Bakken. I think he can practice this week, though. Yeah, he can practice. He's been back at practice this week. Yep, which is great. And you hope that he has no setbacks and that his mm-hmm. knee's feeling good. And I mean, obviously, the guy's probably been working out pretty hard and you know, Rehabbing. doing doing what he needs to do. But um, from what I heard too is if Jenkins does play, they would probably put him at left tackle. Um, and the reason the reasoning behind it is they've been using Tunyon a lot as a chip block and keeping him in and like not a threat. And then if you can kind of protect Rogers from that blind side and feel pretty good about Jenkins out there not having to do that, then you open up more options to attack a Chicago Bears defense with Tunyon actually going out on routes, not having to keep people in. Your running backs can leak out of the back. Like it just opens up a more explosive dynamic in the offense that we haven't quite seen since you know, some of these O-line injuries and, and mm-hmm. Yash being on that left side. So I, I hope that that's the case because I think that is a big key because if obviously if the Bears are able to tee off against Rodgers, that just, you know, you got to score points too. Um, I do feel good about our Packers defense against Justin Fields just because he's a young guy. Yeah. And I just don't think, I mean, what, he had 111 passing yards last week. Um I just don't think that they'll have enough offensively to score a ton, but then that means Green Bay's got to score enough to win the game too. So, and the Bears O line is very suspect. So I think that if they can get a little pressure there, um, you know, Preston Smith's been playing great. I think that uh, they can get pressure on Fields, and uh, I don't think that they'll just drop Fields back and let them try to you know throw it all over. But um, I see that the point spread's five, so Packers uh, are favored by five points. Um, I, I think it'll be it'll be right around there. It's gonna be close, um, but I think the Packers will get a big road road win, and that's that's huge. Getting if they if they can, and you get to five and one with some of the pieces they've been missing, I think that's uh, that's better than uh, all of us would have expected at this point. If you told me that Bakhtiari and Jenkins and Jair and others have missed some time, I mean that's that'd be outstanding if they can get this win on the road. Yeah, and I. With the Jair mention, I thought Stokes looked really good yet again. That's looking more and more like an amazing pick. Um, is Kevin King going to play? I didn't see where his what his he status practice is. He's today. He's, I mean, he's built of glass. I've always yeah. Said when that, but, when does he play? Oh my gosh, that guy's career has been. But he did play pretty well last week. I give him yeah. that. Um, While he was on the field, out, yeah. if he's, I mean, this week, I guess. It, Shouldn't scare us that much if he's out because the Bears don't throw it like Joe Burrow does. But um, it's going to be uh, interesting to see who they put up there. I mean, the guy that they got from the Giants, I would guess, right? The cornerback for they traded for Josh Jackson, or they traded Josh Jackson for that guy. 
Uh, I yeah, Isaac Yadam Douglas is ready to go. Yeah, the, the rookie. Um, or no, that's the guy that's they traded That's the guy they got from they Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. St. Louis. Arsul Douglas, yeah. is that, yeah. Or, uh, and then they also signed Quentin Dunbar. Um, oh, yeah. On their practice not, squad, who's a veteran right? too, yeah. Quentin Dunbar. So he's played corner in the league for six years. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not a bad corner, so corner. So he might end up even getting a, on the field if if uh, if King can't go. So, all right. Well, let's move on and talk a little bit of Badgers, uh, just because they actually won a game. Uh, in fact, it was a shutout, twenty-four zero. So I mean, it was Illinois, but. That defense still, I mean, to shut out a team and to hold them to, like, very few rushing yards, uh, to get after the quarterback the way they did. I mean, it was an impressive defensive display. You're still worried about Mertz. You're still, you know, concerned because if you don't have a quarterback that's able to throw very well, that's, that's a problem. But defensively, the Badgers put on a clinic. I think it was under 100 yards of total offense. Yep. Um, yeah, great, great game by the defense. Offense was subpar. Um, I was hoping that uh, going up against uh, the old Brett Bielema, I was hoping for like fifty nine zero. Yeah, that would <laughs> but, have been great. You know, it's it's kind of a uh, it's it's interesting being a Badger and Packer fan when you go from Saturdays watching the most vanilla uh, play calling you can have to then to the Badger or to the Packers with you know have Matt Lafleur who like to uh, keep it. Keep it uh, not vanilla. Um, it's just kind of a I don't know. I got an adjective to use, but I'm not going to use it because I don't want to join the Matthews. I don't want to give the dinger. But um, Ding. yeah, but this this week Army it'll be interesting. Uh, they run that that'll Wisconsin be a challenge Rapids for the triple option, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that'll be. Um, I think they're they're, they're looking the ball. F- they're looking forward to it though. Yeah, I mean, sure. it's honestly for the Badgers strength versus strength. I mean, yeah. like we are a very good run stopping team good d line good linebacker so it'll be fun to see what they can do with that as well so jalen burger dismissed from the team this week that was interesting the third scholarship running back dismissed this mm-hmm. season from something was up when when braylon allen was getting the second carries i mean braylon allen's gonna be really good obviously yeah, he's 17 years old burger usually was coming in yeah. Um, and so now with having him dismissed from the team, um, yeah, in three running backs. But, yeah, Braylon Allen looks – yeah, he, he should be a senior in high school. Yeah, he should be playing his final season at Fond du Lac High School, and he's he might, playing Big Ten football and rushing for 100, 100 yards in a game. So. He might, he might uh, score a few touchdowns if he was still at Fondy. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, just like a couple. Like <laughs> it might be setting some state records if he was still at Fondy. Uh, quick shout out to my Michigan State Spartans. I was waiting for it. Um, fantastic start to the year. Nobody saw this coming. I mean, expected them to be a little bit better, but uh, undefeated yet? Undefeated. Who did they have this week? Have they played anyone yet? Um, they had the State University of New Jersey last week. Oh, okay. Rutgers. Yeah. yeah. Beat up on the Scarlet Knights. That was nice. I mean, you have a running back that's got a, been having a nice season. He's, Walker. I have an incredible season so far. Yes, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Whatever. We got some players. And it's been super fun to watch um, and super exciting for that team and the program. Um, and, you know, anytime you have success, there's some of these great stories that come out, uh, like Thorne and Reed being old, uh, old high school to- teammates. 
All right. Well, moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers because we're two we weeks. really want to talk about just how great things are. Michigan. It's a big week for Michigan. Mr. Michigan Sale. Michigan. Michigan. I hope. We'll have to have. I, I do. I do hope uh, Sparty does kick the crap yeah, out of guess the out of the Joel. Wolverines. There. I don't cheer for Sparty often, but when, but when I do, Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> I it's definitely against the fighting Jim Harbaugh's and the, khaki, and the khaki room. pants. Plenty of room on the wagon, fellas. Yeah. Well. The, I'll be I'll be rooting for him in that game for sure. I know we want to transition, CJ, because we've spent more than ten seconds on Michigan State, and we shouldn't. But I just looked at their schedule, Mike, and they end with Ohio State. Yep. And yes, Penn, and, Penn and Penn State. State. Yep. So that could be, I mean, really exciting for Michigan State fans if they can. Well, it's really about there. for Penn State. It's about if Sean Clifford's healthy or not, because that was a big right. loss. I mean, they would have beat Iowa. I'm I am 100 percent certain that if Sean Clifford doesn't get injured in that game, they're they're knocking off Iowa. Uh, anyway. Milwaukee Brewers, uh, done for the year. Um, they what? have been ousted from the playoffs by the Atlanta Braves, unfortunately. Speaking of vanilla. Um, so, um, Matthews, I know you have some things to say about Craig Council. Uh, Bullis, I know you have some strong opinions about not pitching Burns in Game 4. Fire away, fellas. I, I don't know. Maybe it was the right call. Like <laughs> Mike said maybe it was genius if they can. If Josh Hader doesn't give up his second home run of the year against the left-hander yeah. yeah. and they get through, maybe it's genius. You know, yeah. we're playing tonight sure. with Burns. For sure. I I don't know. The only thing that I question in my you know in my many years of being a baseball manager, uh, none, um, <laughs> is you know Mike had alluded to. I think it was Mike. Maybe it was another friend of mine that you know because they've had this six-man rotation that these guys are used to so much rest well you're gonna need one of those guys to pitch on short rest in a five-game series so I just feel like it was mismanagement of the staff if you do it that way if you if Burns needs full rest well those five-game series are really hard to win um, and when you have Burns and Woodruff two of the best pitchers in the NL I feel like one of those guys has got to go out there on three days rest mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe Maybe it's all hindsight, but um, you know I don't think Lauer was terrible. But the options after that, Ashby's a great pitcher. Ashby's going to be really good. It's just he's so young. I was just worried about his control, and um, I would have loved to see Burns. But who knows? Maybe Burns on three days rest would have been terrible. Um, well, you bring you bring in Hater, who's the best closer in baseball, while you still have a chance to win. He gives up a home run. You know, I mean, like you just. You don't know, and, and, and it's not pitching that lost that series for no. the Brewers, you know? Absolutely not. So, it's... Well, the the hard part was you were up 4-2, you go to Ashby, and then all of a sudden it's 4-4, four, four, and you right. lose that momentum. I yeah. think that was the killer more than anything, four more than times. starting Lauer. Or Lauer, Lauer like, pitched fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's 4-2. You're, you're winning. Um, just unfortunate that you give that right away pretty much immediately. Um, the thing I, that the thing that sticks with me is uh, when I was, I was watching it was uh, Willie Adamas struck out with the bases loaded in the third mm-hmm. when they put up the two spot um, looking and I was like yes. oh, you know you can't leave your bat on the shoulder and then fittingly that's how the, the uh, game ended, ended up with Yelly yeah. I feel like uh, I saw that a few more times than normal right so um, I mean Mike Mike probably is going to talk talk uh, a little coaching here because of uh the Brewers hitting instructor and the Brewers manager, which he enjoys talking about, but um, 
Yeah, I think Sale's right. They didn't lose the game. They didn't lose the series because of pitching, that's for sure. Matthews, fire away. I just think you can't manage the postseason like the regular season, and I think that's Council's biggest weakness. I think that's what he does every year. He manages the postseason like the regular season. And like you said, you got to start Burns when you're down to your last game. Knowing you, if you win, you have Woodruff the next for the next game. Right. You know, because um, if you start Burns, even if you only throw Burns three innings, then you just then you bring in Lauer and you throw him for three innings. You know, or and more, you, and you you know you pitch the game that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't I didn't understand it either, Matt. I think. You can't play for tomorrow when today is the end all. Right. You know, I just, and I know, like I, I even replied, you know, like pitching, and Mike, you said it too, like pitching, and then why they didn't, you know, they scored two runs the first three games. Yeah, that's all pretty that. bad. Um, and the, and then in this game four, every inning they scored, they didn't get a zero in the bottom of the inning. You know, like they never kept the momentum. Two in the top of the fourth. Then they gave up two, or two in the top of third, two in the bottom of third, two in the top of the fourth, two in the bottom of the fourth. Yeah. Like they never got out of like the capitalized full on, with the lead. Yeah. You know, and I think that, like, if they could have just done that one inning and come back up to bat with a lead, you know, and, and a little momentum, then they just never were over, able to carry it over to another at bat. Um, you know, I didn't understand not starting Escobar. Like, that's the guy you... I understand he wasn't hitting, but still, that's the guy you picked up to be a hitter. And then he ended up... I think both his pinch hit mm-hmm. appearances, he got hits. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's Was he hitting worse than Christian Yelich? Yeah, but they play different positions, too. So True. I mean, unless you can never, play Escobar out in left field. Council never thought about... Putting him on the like, match. I tell you what, and Mike Heller brought it up. I love Mike Heller. Was Tyron Taylor a better shot in the ninth inning than Christian Yelich? Against the lefty. Against yeah. the lefty. I mean, it takes some stones to do that. but I Yeah, I mean, that. and at the same time, we just made the point you ride your best players. Like, now, but Yelich wasn't I would, your best Well, I was just going to say, now he hasn't been your best player all year, but like the track record, the resume, like sometimes you got to – you, you never know. I mean, Sometimes we could have been. Well, we it. could we could be talking about like the the walk off that he or like the game winner that he just hit. Like yeah. you just don't know. You know. And unfortunately, he watches some pitches go right by and strikes just, out. But I just don't recall yeah. him turning on a pitch in the latter part of the season. Yeah, a lot and, of his big hits, his hits were like to left field and stuff. Like I I think, and I I have nothing to go on here. I just think there's not something right with him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Right I now, think, like, yeah. with his body, physically. Um, and I'm hoping, like, I'm not, a, obviously I'm not a Brewer fan, but I love Christian Yelich. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he does everything the right way on yes. and off the field. Yes. Um, so I'm hoping that, I'm like, I'm hoping there's something physically wrong with him because I want him to be a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he can come back and fix 
you know, physically. I just didn't see him like turning on anything late in the season and and cranking something and looking for an inside pitch. Like that pitch against Smith he saw was coming inside and I think he thought it was going to be like an inside fastball and he just didn't want to turn on it and then it's a breaking pitch that ends up right over the middle of the plate and you know, obviously fooled him but you know, it just it just didn't he was just like waiting for everything to get deep in the zone and hitting it to left field. And the interesting thing, too, and, and one of the points that uh, I heard recently on the radio uh, was that it looked like um, Yelich had lost some weight compared to the last couple seasons, uh, like muscle mass, and there was some concern there. So obviously when you're injured, you don't work out like you, 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 would, you would normally work out, which means then you lose some strength that you would normally have. So that, the power numbers, what, he had eight homers this year? Like... For Christian Yelich, who had been an MVP candidate, to like you know dollars. who well, and he's going to get paid right, but like had been cranking forty, you know, thirty-five, forty homers the last few years before he got injured. Like, so there's, I think, to your point, Matthews, is there's something absolutely physically wrong. He wasn't able to work out the way he would want to, whether it's the back or the knee or whatever. But hopefully, to your point too, that this off season has a chance to. You know, get healthy, get get stronger, and get back to kind of like the body that's allowing gonna allow him to like hit the way he had been in those MVP seasons. Because if that happens, then this Brewers offense and this Brewers team then gets to be exponentially better and more dangerous. Yeah. Bottom line, that bat in the lineup was what they were missing in the series, and like really at the end of the uh, the season. There's I've read a few things on it. Yeah, people don't think his back is right. People don't think his I mean his kneecap. He broke his kneecap. Yep. You know, and, and 100%, he hasn't yep. been the same since. Is it because of the knee or is it his back? And then I've read a few things that you know some of the conspiracy theorists out there think that uh, you know maybe uh, maybe he was taking a little vitamin S uh, with Ryan Braun and that could have been it. Now I I don't think that. I mean Christian Yelich was never a big guy. Yeah. Um, but. Nope. I don't know. Something obviously isn't right. And when you are a small market team that has probably a hundred million dollars is your cap right now in payroll, you can't have a guy that is hitting two thirty-five that is taking up a quarter of that payroll. Uh, you're just not going to be successful unless you run into some really good pitching, which they have right now on low salaried contracts, which they're not going to be there forever. Um, Correct. So you hope he gets right because I, I I think Mike. Hit it on the head. He's he's a stand-up guy. Yep. He stood out there and and took it from the reporters. Not took it, but like said, hey, and sure. I didn't perform. Uh, you know, he doesn't duck anything and he doesn't shy away from anything. He's a stand-up guy, and so I hope he gets right. I know moral victories aren't they aren't really worth a whole lot, but everything you hear about this Brewers team, well, I don't know. But you hear a lot of good things about stand-up guys, whether it's Yelich, it's Kane, and. And it sounds like they have, you know, a really positive influence on a lot of the younger guys, and so that's uh, that's uh, a good thing. Yeah, I'll be really curious what they do this off season um, with like Escobar in particular, because I would really like them to resign him. I don't know if that'll happen, but I really want it to. I don't know if they will either. Um, I, I'm wondering along those lines with Escobar and Urias, like what do they do with him? Urias had a nice year, but like he's not your corner infielder that's going to hit. 30 home runs or 25 home runs. And then what do you do at first base? Like, yeah, Rowdy had some moments and 
Uh, but is he going to be your everyday first baseman? I, I want him to be. I, I, I would like to – so my – in, like, the dream scenario, Rowdy's at first, Escobar's at third. Urias is still um, backing up, you know, all over the place because Wong's at short and – or Wong's at second and Adamas is at short. But my guess is they're going to roll with Urias at third next year. And my guess is that um, I, th- I still think they'll keep Rowdy, but they'll look for, uh, well, maybe, you know, Vogelbox around too. But, um, gosh, in my opinion, too, if the NL just went to the DH, that would set up some nice things for the Brewers, too. But I digress. I'm not going to get into that right I now. I just worry that if they kept Telez at first and they have Urias at third, like, who who's your guy? Like, the Braves have Austin Riley and Freddie Freeman, like, consistent hitters, power hitters, guys that don't strike out a ton. Like, who's, who's that so guy? So I'll give you ones. I'm sure you've, you know baseball better than all of us. You probably have available free agents and whatnot. I just don't know I, I don't think they're going to re-sign Escobar. I think Garcia is going to test the market. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think they're going to go with Arias at third. Me too. So who's the right fielder? I think him and are they're chummy. And Wong, and Wong loves Wong, Wong loves it. Wong uh, loves Urias. it there. Yeah, I think they're going to see if if Yelich will lengthen his contract, but not add any money to it. And then they should go after Anthony Rizzo. I'm I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Me too. Um, hmm. well, I mean that a- that would be the first baseman that's out there. That, you know, the, the pitching in the, the National League Central is predominantly right-handed. I mean, the good pitchers, like Flannery, Wainwright, Michaelis, and then the good guy like Castillo, Sonny Gray, the good guys with the Reds. The Reds, yeah. You know, the, I guess the Cubs and Pirates, whatever. <laughs> um, you know. Fair. Rizzo, I think. He'd be awesome. I don't know if he, what type of coin he's going to want. See, that's the biggest drawback there. I don't think he's going to be a Yankee. There's just so many people there. And for his age, I think the Yankees will go younger. Uh, you know, like Joe Yellow can play first base, you know, and maybe not the outfield. Um, I don't know. I just, that was just something that popped into my head. I just think you need somebody that can hit a little bit higher by average. So that, I think I'm just throwing that out. It'd be great. I'd love it. I would too. Whether or not they can afford it. No, I would hate it as a Cardinal fan. But I'd love to see Rizzo in the American League, but yeah, that'd be really interesting. Um, I think next next week we'll want to get to a little Milwaukee Bucks as they're preparing to they defend Tuesday. their title. They start next Tuesday. And, uh, they, yeah, they have one more, I think, preseason game left. Yeah. And Yep. So um, I think we'll we'll jump in a little Milwaukee Bucks preview this season, talk about, you know, some of the players there. But um, Sales got his Grayson Allen, Allen jersey yet? No? <laughs> I didn't get that one yet. Not yet? Okay. No, it's on the – in my cart back order yeah yeah yeah. well that's it for teaching sports as always we hope you've been educated